0: All right, I gotta know. Yes, I'm about to activate it. No, 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 not that. What the hell does Kree mean? Well, actually, it means a lot of things. Um, loosely translated, it means uh, attention, listen up, concentrate. Yoohoo? Yes, in a manner of speaking. Huh. Okay. Here goes. Kree Kree and who what's up nerdy Stargate people Welcome back to Series 2 It took a long time between uh, when I started in 2016 to get through Series 1 and now get to Series 2 in 2024 years. but we're going to rock it through Series 2 as quickly as possible and uh, knock this shit out If you're listening in order God bless you um, you'll remember that the previous episode. <laughs> what was it? Within the Serpent's Grasp. Ooh, I wasn't a fan of that one quite so much. Um, kind of boring. A lot of corridor sneaking and not a lot of action except for right at the end. This episode was just an unadulterated joy. There were corridors but there were corridors full of action and tense drama and I loved it. And um, Yeah. Hooray. (laughs) So, right away, we got one point at the beginning of the episode for a push and swell, because it goes from the recap. You know, previously on Stargate SG-1. It's the first time Teal'c says previously. We'll get to know that later, of course. And, um, yeah, this is the push and swell right into the Paltac where we left them on the, uh, good old pull-out. And, um, there's so much good snazzy lines in this episode... Just a bit. <laughs> yeah. um, I should say something profound. Nothing comes to mind. You know, the writing is just so much better in this one. I don't know what difference all this time made. You know, did they really take half a year off in between the last episode, writing that one, then writing this one, which concludes it? Or did they write all of them back in series one and just split it up in terms of how they were broadcast? But the writing is just on a different frickin' level. This one is written by Brad Wright, um, directed by Jonathan Glasner, so it's very, I guess, true to their original vision as much as anything ever will be, and God, what a team! This is fantastic. We've got another point for a push and swell on that flashbang thing that comes in. It knocks out SG-1. Um, it's And then that's the, big, that's the uh, little pre-credits title crawl and in the titles where all the people get their headshots and you know the opening credits all the clips are still from series (laughs) 1 because I I guess they haven't done enough editing of series 2 yet to update the clips I'll let you know at what point that gets updated um yeah more great lines, Teal, not to my knowledge Daniel, will you relax and then um Who's that serpent guard serving Apophis? I recognize his voice. <laughs> but we cut away before the reveal and we're back to Samuels! That annoying colonel who... Eh. It's not not that interesting. <laughs> I prefer to have Mabel and say every one of his lines, really. But I think this one, this episode, marks the end of Samuels' pesky reign of terror in the SGC. I think he gets banished to some darkened... <laughs> Distant desk job after this kind of screw up he makes. Um, I got another point here, point number three. Um, for the front gate stock footage guys walking around, and then, uh. Was that I told you so? <laughs> More great lines. Five. Point, was that I told you so, Colonel Samuels? Five points for Walter. Walter is big in the episode, doing a lot of acting with the uh, the, the radio earpiece, getting lots of news from Deep Space Telemetry and NASA and uh, NORAD and <laughs> all of these people who are talking to his ear. Just his one ear, mind you. Um, we've got footage of the rings going up and down in Apophis' spaceship, or Chloral spaceship, you know, and I've talked before, they always use stock footage of the rings. <laughs> from the Stargate film <laughs> I don't know why um, it, it's a little bit inconsistent and I'm, believe me, I'm always counting trying to figure out if they got nine or they got five rings, but anyway we figure out this guard with the recognisable voices, Master Braytek. my Marte, Master Braytech. Um, I got another point for a push and swell on Apophis with his great lines they will pay 100 fold for their insolence Ugh. oh yes, I love it Another point on the front gate, which is dishing out points. Front gate guys walking around again, stock footage. Uh, Colonel Samuels has got a dick plan, and it involves warheads with Naquida. and he's got a big thing on the screen, you know, a little PowerPoint presentation for everybody about how he's going to save the Earth, and it gives us the spelling of Naquita. N-A-Q-A-H-D-A-H. There's not a U in there. You know, uh... Stargate Fandom Wiki says there are multiple spellings, but I think I'm gonna take this one as the official source. Nakwa da Nagada as we hear it in Stargate Origins. Oops, I was pretending that didn't exist. Anyway, Braytack has that, that cool intro with his silhouette on the other side of the paper partition prison wall. <laughs> And God, he's so sassy, and he puts Jack O'Neill down for the cup. Silence! <laughs> Enough, human! <laughs> Jack doesn't, like, get up to the end of the scene. It takes, like, two minutes. It's just, it's just great. This episode is written so well, acted so well, directed so well, um, edited so well. There's a really beautiful scene transitions and wipes. You know, someone walks from right to left out of the frame, and the next scene... Gets wiped in from right to left as they're walking. It's just beautiful stuff. It's like, mmm, pacey action. It's a little bit like Star Wars in that respect, but it's like in complete contrast to the previous episode, which was just long static shots of corridors where nothing happens. So much happening in this episode. We've got another point because we've gone back to the giant mountain and there's people walking around the front gate. Stock footage of guys again. Uh, got him just where you want me, eh, Samuels? <laughs> Sassy uh General Hammond, am I right? And the lady. There's this lady who's like an aide to General Hammond talking about the alpha List people already and she's doing her role from the beta site in Daniel's alternate reality. She's doing it the same thing in this one. <laughs> And she actually has a page on the Stargate fandom wiki. Laura Daniels, I think? She's not really in anything else. But yeah, I picked that up. She's uh, so- Suddenly this episode turns into the exact copy of the uh, alternate timeline we saw in Daniels' little visit there. But everything's a little different. <laughs> um, yeah more great lines. They're all huddled up making plans, and this, the camera, like, moves from one person, then they finish speaking, and it goes to the next person. A, a daring plan. I have a cunning plan, Mr. B. <laughs> Thank you, Baldrick. Uh, what have we got? We've got, uh, in the background of all this stuff with Braytac and SG-1, there's this Jaffa guard standing there, Jaffa guard, and we don't know yet that there are other people following BrayTek secretly, that he has a whole underground network. At this point, we only know that it's just one guy, right? <laughs> so they might have maybe just cut him out of the shot or explained that a tiny bit earlier. But anyway, what do we got? We got uh, the exact scene again. Yeah, the Alpha Site people going through. You're going through that. It's a complete mirroring of the Daniel Jackson alternate reality. It's really cool. We got another point here for Chevron 7 locked! We got another point for a push and swell on Mr. Chloral rising out of the sarc- sarcophagus. Uh, I will burn their world to ashes! Oh, so good! The action, the tension, the dry, every every second. Every minute, they ramp it up even further. People get more and more motivated to destroy each other. It's beautiful. We got another point. It's just points, points, points. For a push and swell on um, Braytac, I have a plan to get to the other ship. <laughs> from your mouth to God's ears, eh, Colonel? Oh, my God, these sassy rumor, retorts from General Hammond. They're just out of this world. So good. Uh, we will cross that bridge when we come to it. You know, that cliche doesn't always work. <laughs> back and forth with O'Neill and Braytech. The little subtle alpha male who's going to be the leader thing. <laughs> it's really freaking good. Um, what do we got? We got uh, Samuel says they're confirmed. The ships are in geosynchronous orbit over the United States. Nope. No, they are not. I'm sorry. You've hit a Kerbal Space Program player here. Uh, geosynchronous orbit would mean they are basically staying exactly still over the United States. And to do that, you have to be a long, long way up. Like, put it this way, further than the space shuttle can reach um, to make your orbit so wide and thus so slow that it takes 24 hours instead of 90 minutes. That's a long way up. So they're not geosynchronous. They're not. They're just not. I'm sorry. And later we see this ship with chloral at the controls of the hatak and they're, like, cruising over the surface of the Earth, and it's getting awfully big in the window, and they're just not in that orbit. I'm sorry. But no, you're wrong. Um, what have we got? We've got some sneaking around corridors. Now, they had to do it, and they're on a ship with corridors, and they've got to get from A to B. So there is some corridor sneaking, but at least it's filled with taking out guards and kabam. Not bad. Not bad. We've got... The red phone making an appearance, of course. The call to the president. The ultimate way to ramp up the stakes. <laughs> uh, Samuels wants a complete repeat of Daniel's scenario by um, just... Ugh. Sending the nuke through again to Chulak makes no sense at all. But uh, I guess it's it's almost like time or history is trying to correct itself, you know, in this reality, uh, SG-1 is diverting the course of events, and it's like time is trying to catch up and, and, um, make sure that bomb gets sent to Chulak by any means, just so that the, the timeline gets fixed. It's weird. Uh, but anyway, General Hammond finally, like, Trump, uh, Trump's... Colonel Samuel, so the, the idea is to said, the best and brightest <laughs> you dumbass. You are dismissed. That's <laughs> beautiful. What do we got? We got uh one point for a push and swell when Chlorel starts brain frying Braytag. I die free, yes. Shall but you, you didn't have to say it in English, slowly they're just infiltrating the English past us until we stop noticing that all these Egyptian gods are speaking English. (laughs) Um, We get an idea of Braytek's age. He's been in service for 133 years, so he's probably, what, 150 if he, you know, entered service as a teen. Daniel's hit! Just go! I'll watch your back. He leaves. Oh my god. I couldn't believe it. And of course I know everyone's going to survive, but I mean, I was rending. No more. What do we got? We got the things. (laughs) Six minutes to go. We can kill two two birds, but with one stone. I fucking love when the Jafar just don't get cliches, but they're trying. They're trying so hard to fit in with their new human friends. They're trying to sound cool and use the terminology. (laughs) I gave it an 8 point... uh, 8 out of 10 egregious reference is... Egregious homage is egregious, or obvious reference is obvious, because we've got the generators... Uh, in the Hatak vessel, down this giant cavern thing. It's exactly like the generators in the Death Star where Emperor Palpatine gets chucked down by Darth Vader. God damn it, that's pretty egregious. Grenades. Yeah, we got the two ships colliding, kabam, and 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 we got the shuttle Endeavor, like, this episode just keeps on giving, more and more cool stuff happening, and they get into the gliders, it's awesome, and they go right into the bottom, (laughs) human, wear this, stop calling me human. And thankfully Daniel Jackson has revived himself in a sarcophagus because, of course, there was an odd number, and I don't know if you spotted this, I did, that uh, (laughs) they weren't all going to get away in gliders because there's Braytax two guys who incidentally don't make it (laughs) and this Daniel Jackson makes five. Um... (laughs) So they had to settle that. Anyway, Daniel Jackson's in the sarcophagus. And here was my question. It's noted on the Stargate fandom wiki that there's a goof because uh, he comes out with his clothing mended from all the friggin' blast holes that should have been in it. My note was, is this sarcophagus a little bit like the transporter from the movie The Fly? (laughs) Wouldn't that be funny? If if you get into the sarcophagus and you're all messed up and you need to be healed, but you happen to carry all your guns and clothing in there, when you come out, you're all melted together. <laughs> wow, Morty, you really Cronenberg'd up this place. <laughs> Anyway, with one minute and thirty seconds remaining, we've got a push and swell point on the C4, and oh my God, is Daniel Jackson gonna get away? And are the human, the other rest of the team gonna get away? And the gliders punch it! Fuck yes, not bad for an old man. And then kaboom, we're we're drifting in space and we're gonna die. We're in low orbit, and as I said, no, 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 you're not. You just fell out of the Hatak vessel, which was in a high Hi, geostationary orbit. Make up your mind. (laughs) Stupid stargate. Captain, look up. It's beautiful. We saved it. Yes, we did. (sighs) Ah, yeah. Anyway, I gave a five points here because Dr. Jackson uses his knowledge he gained in the alternate reality to gate out of there to the beta site as he knew it. Which turned out to be the alpha site in our world. So, I mean, we don't actually use the alternate reality in this episode, Uh, but it's heavily referenced. And like I said, they're trying to keep it kind of mirroring it. And so I gave it the five points in the end there. We're gonna die. Or not! It's the shuttle Endeavour up to low-Earth orbit, (laughs) apparently. And then I got one last point for the episode for the front gate stock footage guys walking around for this last little bit. We've defeated the danger, and everyone is all good in the control room. Daniel Jackson pops up. Daniel! Space monkey, yeah. Oh, I'm all squishy and warm. And of course... You must be Hammond of Texas. Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, my God. What a great episode. This is this is one of my favorites. Let's just count up the points and see if the points bear this out. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 20. 30 points. Hey, not bad. Thanks for joining me for this one, Cree and Yoohoo, and don't forget the website is creeyoohoo.wordpress.com and the email is creeyoohoo at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. Looking forward to this season.